Welcome to the Check Your Six podcast. Join your hosts, Air Force veterans Craig Lyson and Tim Proctor as they continue their conversation about the challenges of small business ownership as well as information, tips and guest speakers, all designed to help you navigate the potential stormy weather that is small business. And now, here are your hosts, Craig and Tim. That would be us, wouldn't it? It would be, but have you any questions now so I can just stay quiet so no one knows I'm really here? For you? I know you're going to mess with me. I never mess with you, ever. I know we have somebody younger. So far. Way younger today. than both of us, putting our age together. She could, she'd have to triple our age. She'd have to, she'd have to, to just be one of us. She'd have to triple her age because yeah. she's a very nice young lady she, in here she today. Kn- she knows all about your questions. Go for it. Well, first, my first question is, who are you? And I don't know. <laughs> what is your contact information? Hey, my name is Craig. I'm with Ed's Growth at 407-754-5779. But really quick, all the people that have been jumping on our podcast, we have exceeded so far and beyond than what we have in the past year. Yeah, it's been a pretty good year so far. We have more people. Well, that's hopefully just the, the quality of the guest we are having on here. It's not us. It's the quality of the guest, like the young lady we have in here Too bad today. we don't have video. Boy, that would knock it out. We, we could really get up if we had that. She's a celebrity. Look at her. She's a celebrity. I know. She does look famous. Yeah, we probably could do that. You want to do all the editing for the video? Because I just, I just don't want to yeah, do I that Yeah, I just right push now. it on and say go. Sure. We could do that. <laughs> well, I am Tim Proctor with GRP Studios, 407-862-6882, or Tim at grpstudios.com. And today it is the 62nd episode of Check Your Six Podcast. And we have in here today, this is back-to-back Jennifers, because last week it was Jennifer Englert today. Now, is it Ruco? Correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, Jennifer yes. Ruco. Okay, with C.G. Monenta. Monetta. Mo- Monetta. Monetta. LLC. Welcome, first of all. And before we do anything else, give people your contact information and how they can get a hold of you. Sure. So my name is Jennifer Ruco. Uh, you would contact me at J-R-U-C-C-O at cgmonetta.com. And, of course, our website as well. You can link to that and be able to get a hold of me there, too. C.G. Moneta. Correct. Comes from, I did, did a little bit of research. This comes from Roman mythology. You all, you all brushed up on your Roman mythology, Craig? Craig's not here. Craig's not here. <laughs> of course you are. Roman, Greek mythology. There's a lot of inner. Do I inner, look like I'm passing that time? Uh, well, I don't know. You earlier, but it's part of the name comes from Juno Moneta. Correct. Which is the guardian of money and funding, or not funding, but just the guardian of money. She had to do with money. If you had coins minted, they were minted in her temple just to protect your funds. So where does the CG and how does this all, sure. not computer graphics or anything? No. CG, Okay. <laughs> so um, the managing partners who started this company are Dan Covell and then Vinny Gargion. And so C and G, and that also with Moneta, they protect the money, and they thought that that would flow really well together. Boy, that, does it ever. It does. I, I thought that might have been what it was when looking at the website and who, who the individuals are that work with you, but I didn't want to assume. So did you know that when you- I did ask. You, you, okay, you did ask about what <laughs> yes. does that mean? Okay, so you were prepared for that question. So Absolutely. that would not have stumped you. No, not at all. That's very interesting. <laughs> Juno Moneta was mm-hmm. the entity- in Roman, mytholo- in Roman mythology that, I wonder, was that Juno, Alaska? Is that where that came from? Yeah. Was I it think Juno, the, you know, you can like Juno email? 
Oh, you mean like Juno, like that back in the day that you she wasn't alive then. J U N O was what part of the internet, wasn't yeah. it then? Yeah, that's my wife's story. <laughs> <The> email address <laughs> is Juno. I remember Juno. something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, that has nothing to do with you're here for today. So, tell me a little bit about yourself, and then we'll talk about business and what you do and how you help businesses. Absolutely. So, a uh, little about myself. Um, I've had a fairly diverse career. I started in cosmetology, so a little bit of a departure from where I am at right now. But I have found that business is business. So um, I have been in leadership for the last 10 plus years. I worked over at Disney and uh, managed seven of the resorts and spas along the the properties. So uh, each one was its own entity. So it was really running seven different doors at one time. After that, then I had an opportunity to work for JCPenney's. Worked with several salons there as well. Made it to a few different boards for beauty schools as well. So occupational advisories and things like that. So finance and balancing budgets and anything that has to do with running a business really is pretty second nature to me at this point. And I found that in cosmetology and along this field as well, that a lot of it plays with each other where it's consultation, it's building trust, it's making value in your time and in the time that someone spends with you, and then also making sure that the value of what you're bringing to the table is something that the client really wants. So, um, and then continuing those those, um, relationships together as well. So I I feel like there's a lot of strength that I already have from coming from that background. Um, It also brings a lot of diversity to our business as well with the connections that I already have, because there is a lot of different businesses that um, I think most businesses don't think about getting into especially when they're looking at reducing costs. So um, I do bring a lot to the table, which of course I'm I'm very grateful that the managing partners see. Then that's what I really enjoy about what I'm doing right now. Wow, a lot of background in there. So what hotels did you work out at Disney? Well, so of course the census spas, those are the premier ones that most everyone knows about. And then there was Animal Kingdom, Yacht and Beach. There was the Grand Floridian, which is now closed, unfortunately. Uh, That was Ivy Trellis. There uh, was one that opened over at Disney Springs as well, and then two other ones that were projected, but never actually ended up opening. Yeah, the only reason I ask is my wife worked, like I said, for 47 years out at Disney, and she worked in convention sales and marketing and finance, kind of. So she would have been in... Oh, so Coronado Springs, yeah, that was one of our big resorts. Oh, yeah, she did all the reporting on that kind of stuff. So you've used that information and that background to now help you with what you are doing. Is this a franchise or is this a standalone entity, this, this uh, CG? No, standalone. Okay, so they created it and it's now it's not part of a franchise, no. larger group. Doing some internet research and I can find that on, what is the website? CGManetta.com. CGManetta.com. There's, it looks almost like it's a larger, like it's almost like an international or a national corporation. Absolutely. So that's what I was wondering. Is it something larger than that or is it just, it's based here out of central Florida, correct? Well, actually it's based in New Jersey. So we have three offices. Uh, We have one over in New Jersey, which was the founding office. Okay. Then we expanded down to Orlando, which is where I'm heading. And then there is one that we just opened in Pennsylvania as well. Okay. So you're a national organization. We're trying wow, to. Wow, that's great. <laughs> that is great. So tell me a little bit about what you do. Looking on the website, you can find a lot of information on the website. But when you tell somebody who you work for, what do you tell them that you do? That I go into a business and I'm just there for open-handed help. 
I'm there to just make it so that they can run their business as smoothly as possible and make it so if they need to find that cash flow, I'm there to try and help them. I like having cash flow. Cash flow helps for all of us. It does. It does. I just had a gentleman tell me uh, a couple of weeks ago that he'd be happy if he found $20 in his couch right now. So (laughs) I hope he hired you. (laughs) He sure did. Absolutely. Happy customer. So how many people are in the organization right now? We have seven right now. You have seven. How many are down here in Florida? There's three. Just three. There's three of you. Okay. And you're out in the Claremont area. Correct. Right now you live out there. Is that where you're based out of? Do you have an is the office here or where's the office at? Or do you have offices at all virtual? We're still being virtual at okay. this point. We are looking to expand into an office, but I'll be honest, I really go into so many businesses so frequently. It's really not necessary to have an office. Most are fine with me going to them or meeting virtually right now. So And you can do everything that you do it from your home. Absolutely. Yeah, you don't have to have an office. Correct. Are there any types of certification that you needed or that this corporation, this company needs to do what you do? What do you need to operate this business? Certainly. So my managing partners are Wall Street veterans. They were on Wall Street for 20 plus years. So very, very well versed in anything that's financial. Um, outside of that, of course, we have a back office. So it is not necessarily the sales representatives who are doing all of that background. There is prof- uh, trained professionals who are actually doing all of those studies and, and performing all of those duties. So our job is to report it. Okay. So you get the information and then you report it. Well, tell me about your three core pillars. Absolutely. Yeah. So number one, of course, is reducing the cost. So looking at different types of ways to reduce those costs. So waste management, looking at your worker comp premiums, things like that kind of nature. Then we look over at tax incentives, and that's a huge one right now because a lot of companies are not focused on those. They know about PPP, but they don't know about all of the other huge incentives that they've had. Different types of organizations that uh, the government has had for a very long time that a lot of companies just haven't looked into. So workers, opportunities, credits, uh, and then there's employee retention funds as well. You can partner those together and get a very large sum of money back. There's also different opportunities for hiring veterans and then also anyone who has any type of background that may not be somebody that you would normally look at. So someone may be coming back into the workforce and things like that. Then also we look over at the third thing, which of course is looking at IT, telecom, and cloud. So anything that is going to be merchant-based. So if you're offering any type of services for your clients, such as, uh, of course, merchant services. That's a huge one. Uh, A lot of companies do not know what those contracts really should look like. They just know what they already have been offered. And then outside of that, of course, looking at anything that's doing with your cell phones, anything that's internet-based, cable, you know, TV systems, those things. Wow. Okay. So you look at, it sounds like, again, looking at your website, it does give you a pretty good idea, but you look at a company when you walk in the door. Is it for smaller or emerging businesses that we call them? Is it for a larger business? If you've got some Wall Street veterans, they're obviously dealing with something a little bit bigger than just the, like we're a small, we're a small organization. We have two people that work here. Are you more focused on larger? Is bigger better or does it not really matter? So what I love the most about this company is that we are really diverse. We can actually handle either way. So we can go up to Fortune 500 companies But really, one of the things that we do love bringing to a smaller business is the larger company's opportunities 
but to the smaller company. So a lot of the smaller companies cannot afford a lot of those great services that the larger companies can. And it's great that we're able to give that to everyone, basically, at this point. So as long as they have three to five employees, they can realize a lot of savings. If it's smaller than that, then I would just partner with them and give them guidance. And then, of course, partner them with my website where there's a lot of information on it as well. But it, it helps more if they have three to five employees. Okay, and that's, that is really important to know because one of the things we do and we like to promote the people that come on the show is if you are this range of business, this really is probably geared for you. If you're not, they may not necessarily be geared to you, but they can provide you assistance as well. Absolutely. Which is, and there's, there are a lot of very small businesses here in Central Florida, as I'm sure you're aware. Yes. Who Do you have a target when you go out looking for clients and businesses? Do you have a target in mind, or is it an industry in mind, or how do you determine what you're going to be looking at? Really, it's just about 90% of businesses, really, they can help with anything that they need. I mean, it's it's not really focused on one specific. It's really just business. So if they are operating, like I said, with three to five employees, or they can go up to Fortune 500, either way, really, we can help them. I did forget to ask, how long have they been in business? Oh, goodness. Uh, I want to say about three years now. Oh, three years. Okay. And I do want to talk a little bit more because it's a little bit different than some of the other organizations out there, companies that help small and emerging business. And a couple of those key things I want to I want to focus on. What about you, Mr. Craig? So what did they do before they came into this business line? Sure. So they were both actually, again, on Wall Street. That's how they met. Then after that, they branched off. Uh, Vinny actually did decide to retire, and Dan pulled him out of retirement in order to start this business because uh, he saw such a great potential in it. Uh, but Dan was in wealth management, so uh, both just very well-versed. Okay, a guy named Vinny from New Jersey. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> we I'm joke about just, that I'm a sure lot, too. Joke and he that. does have a cousin who's in waste management. <laughs> oh, see, you know, see, now I can say, because always we, we joke with people. I got some friends. I got some guys. I know some guys. You know what I'm saying? So now I can actually say, I know some guys sure that he's in waste management. Well, the way I see this, being of their background, I can see why they're going to succeed and having people like you. When you have that background, it just shows that you have that passion and that passion is going to drive you to be bigger and better. Especially if you come out of retirement to do what he's doing and you're helping small businesses, then then that is fantastic. So we're going to come back in the second half and I want to ask some more questions specifically about what y'all do and why. Stay tuned. The guys will be right back with more on how to check your six. I'm Craig with Vets Growth, also known as Veterans Business Alliance. We specialize in advertising, consulting, marketing, and public relations. Vets Growth is all about persistence, inspiration, innovation, and strategy. Your success is my passion. Contact me by phone at 407-754-5779. Vets Growth, the power of one network.
Oh my gosh. Is, is that better, Mr. Craig? <laughs> We're going to change up the intro music for the second half for a while and do something different for you. Does that, does that bring you back to the 60s or something? I, I don't know, whatever. You know, it I is. never grew up along the beach like I, either did you until we moved down here. No. No, no. Anyways, we are back with the second half. Jennifer, welcome back. Give everybody your contact information. Sure. My name is Jennifer Rucco. You would reach me at J-R-U-C-C-O at cgmanetta.com. All right. Your business really focuses on helping small businesses become more profitable or emerging businesses become more profitable. You talked about your three core pillars of service. What's the first thing that happens when you walk into a potential client? What are you there for? How do you find out about them? And then what do you do? Well, typically a lot of referral, I will be honest. Of course, meeting and greeting people as well. So just discussing a little bit about their business. So if they start, oh, I own XYZ, I am making a lot of money, but I'm noticing that I am not necessarily retaining a lot of that money. Or I would like to hire more people. I found that there's a lot of business, but I I'm, I'm, can't actually afford it, although I am making more profit. And so it's a struggle. And things of that type of nature, when they start saying those types of things, those are things that I can really help with. So a lot of times walking into a business, really, it's already friendly because they already know who we are. Because good word of mouth, of course, and like to make sure I take care of everybody and, and make sure they're happy. Do you like cold calling like this guru over I here can. to the left? I mean, I certainly am not he ever loves, afraid to introduce myself. He loves cold calling. No, the problem is I, I walk in and go, like, you go there, sir, just stay in the corner. We'll take, can she sign our autograph? Yes. Yes. That's what does. I brought her for. <laughs> but, all right, so you, a lot of it is referrals, and we've said before, a referral is really the best. If you can get referral work and not have to blast advertising, that to me is, there's a way you're saving money to begin with. Correct. Absolutely. So when you, you go into Bob's widget shop and he does these things, what do you start asking them when you first walk into a business? Sure. Of course, it's how can I help, right? So I listen to them. I listen to whatever pain points they're having, different types of struggles. If there's certain people that they'd like to connect to that may help benefit their business, I like to try and make it so that I can be that person for them. Looking at it business-wise, of course, uh, we would go through an analysis. So um, most of the time, we do it very no stress, right? So, so very easy. Walk in, explain, okay, this is what we're going to do. About 10, maybe 15 questions, depending upon the answers. So it doesn't take very long, very painless, very easy questions for anyone who's a business owner or does the finances for the business. So things of the nature of how long have you been in business? Do you own or lease where you are, uh, your headquarters are? How many employees do you have? Things like that. And then from that, we put it into all of our paperwork and go through our analysis. And when we come back with that, we can see if we can realize savings for them. If they like what we have offered for them, then we move forward and now we get concrete fact numbers. So they'll have to give us some of their contracts if we're looking at merchant services. If there's tax incentives, we will need some of their paperwork from their financials as well so that that way we can run all of the analysis and have a complete, concrete, just perfect number. We'll draft a proposal and then sit down and go through it line by line so that they understand everything. We're very, very transparent. We never want anyone to feel like they had a whole bunch of information given to them and they can't digest it and they just sign a piece of paper blind. I want to make sure that they're happy with what it is that I'm giving them. And from that, then we, of course, give them the final numbers. And if they're happy with that, they sign paperwork and that's it. So they would need to provide you with 
once you have your initial meeting, you kind of get an idea of where they're at, providing a P&L. And yes. then once you get to a certain point, okay, we need to see what your financials are. Is there some kickback about that? Or are they pretty much, yep, we're going to do this. Let's go. Well, at first, they're not doing that. So at first, I'm earning their trust. First, we're talking through about their business and how they're having pain points and what we could do to fix them. And that consultation time, I make sure to apply ample time to it so that when we're done that, they don't feel like they're just handing it to a stranger. They feel like they know who I am and they're comfortable with what it is that they're doing. And they feel confident that what I'm going to do is give them back that freedom that they needed. So when they're stressed with not knowing where that cash flow comes from, that is uh, essentially really where I come in to try and help them. So they're more excited to give me what I need in order to be able to finish this process because I'm helping that pain that they already had. How long do you stay with this client? Is it days, weeks, what? Well, it will depend on what level we're actually giving for services. So the follow-ups, of course, could be many, and I like to make sure that they're comfortable. So if it needs to be a few, then it needs to be a few. But if they're confident within, you know, the first visit, then the second one will be the proposal. And then that's really it after that. But I don't ever drop anybody. Uh, everyone is always retained to me. So I, I, of course, like to make sure I keep them in my network for referrals for any other business or, or any other type of opportunity. And from that, they really, they stay friends almost. There you go. So you're... It's called repeat business. It's called repeat business. But So you do the same thing that we do. Now, this studio, when we have people come in to do work, we do commercial work, predominantly B2B mm-hmm. for us. And then we have people on the podcast. We refer, I mean, this guy goes out and refers all kinds of people because we're so tied in with veteran organizations and how we like to help veterans. Whenever he goes out and he's talking to a veteran, he immediately tags them, well, go listen to this podcast, go listen to Tommy, go listen to Jennifer or Jennifer. (laughs) Jennifer or Jennifer. Exactly. (laughs) And get some information about that. So you then give back in your process. When you meet with a client, say, oh, yeah, by the way, I was just with a client a couple of weeks ago. I think your services might work well together. Do you do that as well? Oh, yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. And again, because of the diverse background that I've had, a lot of companies do not even think about some of the possibilities that they could actually partner with that I can see what they could do with. For instance, so uh, again, background of cosmetology, I worked a lot with pageants. And so I've been involved in the pageantry system for, gosh, I don't even know, at least about five or seven years We've now, heard so. horror stories about pageants. Well, there is not, it's not as bad as everyone thinks. Okay. But so that being said, different types of opportunities. So nonprofits, right? So we can also help nonprofits because again, as long as they have three to five employees, I can assist them with anything as well. But a lot of these nonprofits need to try and drive business. What they don't realize is that each pageant likes to honor a nonprofit. Not every pageant has a nonprofit in order to be able to honor. It takes that networking and it takes that connecting. So I love to refer to try and make it so that they have that ability to be able to grow themselves in between, of course, helping to drive that business back. So, so it, it, again, it, one hand always shakes the other. I don't ever feel like there's ever a one side to anything. I think everything always makes a full circle. There's also a lot of other opportunities for nonprofits as well going into different events and things like that. So the catering community, there's a lot there with events, just a lot of different avenues that a lot of them have not thought about. 
So um, again, I like to connect as much as I, I, I possibly can. You need to get in contact with uh, the CDC florist that's in a magazine. I love yeah. her. She's wonderful. Yes, we have connected. Good deal. Good deal. Yeah, and it's funny because the other Jennifer was on here last week talking about the nonprofit world. Even though they're a lawyer, they were focusing more on the nonprofit world. So I was, it was going to be one of the questions that I did not write down that I was going to ask you, can you help nonprofits? The caveat being you have to have at least employees. Yes. Like if it's an all-volunteer organization, there's really not a whole lot you can do Correct. for them. But that's okay. That's good to know. Well, isn't doesn't your board help? I mean, it's three to five people. It's four people on a board, right? But they're not paid. Oh, they got to be paid. They're not employees. They, do, they need to be full or part-time. So that if you don't have a... You, yeah, every, there can be a lot of board of directors. Most of those are not paid for oh, smaller so then, nonprofits. Then you're talking more like for-profit then because you're paid. No, that we're going to go down this road again, I know. Okay, we'll just stop right there. <laughs> <laughs> I do have one question. With all the places that you have been going to, and, and I meet you at some of these events, how many people fit to your realm to make sure they can be, you can help them? Because a lot of them are like, sort of like me. They are part of a, a, a company, but then there are people that are just starting out that don't have employees. Yeah, solopreneur. Absolutely. And so those, I do have connections to try to help them grow. Once they get to that point where they can have that three to five employees, then they can come back and I can help them. But nothing is ever just um, self-serving to me. I like to try and make it so that everyone can connect. And if I see there being an opportunity for two people who do not know each other to know each other and grow from that, I think that's always the best possibility. For I would everyone. have to say, not to say this publicly yet, but I guess I will. If you get in that magazine, you're going to find a lot of companies are in that three to five that I have met over the last couple of weeks. They have grown and they've got employees now. Mm -hmm. So you just never know. A lot of them are veterans as well. Which is fantastic. So what is the biggest objection when you start, when somebody hears you at an event or at a chamber meeting, what is their usual typical objection? Is Is there an initial objection like, you know, that's just really not for me. I'm not big enough. It's going to cost too much. What are the objections? Sure. So some of what you said, there's a few of those where they say, um, I'm not sure if uh, your line of business really coincides with my line of business. Or they look at different objections of saying if they're a financial institution, perhaps they would not be able to partner with us. Things like that type of nature, law offices, things like that, where they would have some type of compliancy issue. But again, there are a lot of avenues there as well, because going back to that nonprofit world, if you have a compliancy issue where you're referring a lot of business to me and I'm giving you some type of reciprocation for that, if you cannot receive it because of compliance issues, I can then donate that money towards a nonprofit. So again, just being well-networked and connecting everybody, there's a lot of possibilities to try and, and drive business. We started that with, with Jennifer from the Orlando Law Group talking about that, just about how you receive money or how you receive stuff as a nonprofit. So you provide tax incentive studies, that's one of the things yes. you do, and corporate expense reduction and telecommunication, cloud, and IT services. You don't provide those services. No. You connect to or you show the best way to save on those. Yes. And that's one of the other things that's really great about this business. So in my company, we don't change anything. We can offer you other opportunities if you would prefer them. But if you are happy with your vendors and you like who you are using, your CPA, your merchant services, all those things, all we do is renegotiate those contracts. 
So we just lower what is already there. So we don't stop any operations. Everything runs exactly the same while we're doing our analysis and after we're done. So that way, nothing is interrupted. All right. So let's talk through that while we still have some time here. You say you renegotiate a contract. Do you look at, like I'll use our for our example, uh, our IT service. We have a, we're paying a certain amount for our IT for services. How do you then restructure that? Do you talk with them? Are you a mediator? What's the difference of me going directly to him and saying, hey, I just can't afford this much cost anymore. How can you reduce that? Certainly. So we have a great partnership with a multinational organization. And what they have is they have all of those vendors already in their portfolio. And because we bring so much business to them, we are offered a lower contract that most businesses cannot achieve. Really? Yes. What about the personal aspect from that? If I've dealt with somebody for a while and they kind of know me, what about the personal aspect when I send out a text or an email, hey, I've got a problem, and it gets handled right away? How does, how does that work then for your partners? Sure. So that goes straight back to that company so that we're not going to be the customer service side. Uh, we are just going to renegotiate that contract, but then they're going to keep that partnership with that, that vendor that they're using. We probably should have not called this doing the heavy lifting, even though you do a lot of heavy lifting by looking at businesses and how to save money. It should have been, you know, you're the, you're the train connector. I don't know. You're the connector of some sort. Yeah, that's, that's true. She is the connector because those people haven't taken the time out to really learn what more they can do on themselves. What's that phrase show say? You can do anything, but you can't do everything? Yep, you've said that. That's her. Gosh, you know, that kind of <laughs> ties into our tip of the day today, which we try and do that as well. But before we, we wrap it up, give everybody your contact information one more time. Absolutely. So my name is Jennifer Rucco, and you would reach me at J-R-U-C-C-O at cgmonetta.com. C.G. Moneta, which is part of the Juno Moneta Roman mythology group. You love saying that. I love saying that. I don't know why. But the tip of the day really is do what you do best and let others do what you don't. Maybe that's going to be a new phrase for us. You it find out goes what in the magazine now. Find out what your passion is. You do it. If you're an entrepreneur, most of the time you are doing your passion. So do that. Like I need to focus on doing video, doing what we do. And then find others that do what I don't, like Sean and some of the other people that help us. Find somebody like yourself and let you do what you do to make us better. You do. There we come up with that do again. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We were talking about doo-doo and yeah, yeah, it's okay. I can say that. But thank you, ma'am, for being here today. We appreciate you coming in. Thank you. And driving all the way down from Claremont. We had she another. had to catch a boat, then she jumped on a camel, yeah, she the, jumped on a bus, <laughs> a canoe. Gosh, how long did it take you to get down here? Uh, about half an hour. Okay. That's it takes bad. me like an hour because I'm going every which way. You're going every which way. Well, thank you all again for being here on the 62nd episode. We're going to change it. It's not doing the heavy lifting. It's You're the ultimate connector of businesses. Will there that work go. for y'all? Sure. Okay. See you next time there, sir, and we'll be back. Real soon. Thanks for listening to the Check Your Six podcast. Tune in again next time for more information on your small business development.